Hello and welcome to Britpop Banter. My name is Kevin. I'm Leslie. How are you? Um, older. Older and sunburnt. Yeah, and had root canal, so it's been a big week. <laughs> so, got a sunburnt face, I had root canal because I had the worst toothache in the world. And it was my birthday yesterday. Happy birthday for yesterday. Woo! How old are you? 45. I'm up. <laughs> no, I have not reached that magical number beginning with four yet. But it's not it's, far away. It's coming quick, isn't it? Says you. Unfortunately, it hits me before it hits yes, you. Yes, it does. So. Yeah, but I'm all right. I don't care. I'm all right. I'm okay with. Uh... So you don't care? Not really. Really? Nah, not really. I had a little bit of a breakdown on Friday. But... Did you? A little bit. Talk to me about that. Well, it was like you know, what have I done with my life? Where am I going? <laughs> oh, you had you had a full on yeah. deep thought. Because like but... you're coming out of your thirties. You know, you came out of your twenties into your thirties, and that's when you were like, well, I better. Well, 20s is all about just having fun and, and enjoying yourself and 30s is about getting this more a bit more established, right? Getting yeah. some money behind you, getting a career, um, which you've done. Yeah. I mean, so, what, you know, yeah. what's, what was your concern? I think it was the toothache. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. Ah. I'm like 40. It's old. It sounds old. Did you have a nice birthday? I had a great birthday. Apart the from the, the red face Well, I just now. forgot to put the sun cream on my face. Just you always do this, and I just you forget. always always do this because I'm worried about my shoulders and you forget your face. How can you forget? I don't know, but I did it again. I always I'm I'm the opposite. I'm like I cake myself in suntan lotion no matter where I'm going. It's like ah, boom boom boom. I loved it. I had breakfast by overlooking the beach. Lovely. Then I went in the ocean for a few swims. Did you? Oh, I love it. Oh. It's two weekends in a row. I love the ocean. Like love it. Actually makes me happier than anything else on the planet. If I can see water, I'm happy. Really? Yeah, I've just really yeah, I love it. And when I'm in the water, I love it like a wee fish. <laughs> like love it. Like a wee fish. And it wasn't warm. Uh huh. It doesn't bother me. No. Once you get your shoulders under, you're fine. It's that. It's the. I actually just love the beach. Yeah. Well, love it. I'm in the right country for it. You are? How do you feel? Because you used to live right next to the beach in, in Coogee. And now yeah. you've moved into, you know, more CBD based. Where, how did you feel about moving away from Are you okay with where you're at? Love, I will not move from here. No. But, um. You're five minutes to like restaurants and cafes and gigs. And, yeah, and you can drive to the beach. The thing is with, Coogee wasn't my favourite beach either. No? No, and just like, you yeah, know. No? Okay. I was at Balmoral yesterday. That's nice. That's a nice... Yeah, that is nice, actually. All right. Yeah. We haven't seen each other for a wee while. No, you went on your wee holidays. I went on all holidays. What do you call them? You have a fancy name for them. Holy holy bags. Holy bags. <laughs> um, how went, did that go? I went to Fiji. Um, oh, man. You know when you're... Um, so, we've been. I've been recommended Fiji for, for a long time. And finally got to go. And um, so, it's only four, four and a half hours on a flight, yeah. which is good. The Fijian people are amazingly nice. I know. Like they say Bula to you, which is their sort of good day, yeah. hello. I love of it. Bula! Bula! All the time, to the point where, you know, you're a bit of a skeptic, as in, so coming from Sydney's, you know, there's a hustle and bustle, and not too many people have that energy all day, you know? And so you 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 find the skeptic in you that says, "Is this part of your KPIs? Like, is this uh, is this in your?" Only you would think that. Yeah, well, they have to say Jesus. it all the time because they they they're happy. 
They're just, they are really, really happy, lovely people. There is Fijian time, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, again, coming from the hustle and bustle and then coming to a really relaxed environment. But that's of, nice. It is nice and it takes you a little while to adjust to that. But, you know, my days were literally spent by the pool. If I got too hot, jump in the pool, come back out, read, read, read. read. So I read two books while I was away. I read The Shining and I read Doctor Sleep, the sequel to The Shining. You ever read those? No. I've seen The Shining. Okay, right. Here's Johnny. <laughs> uh, the books, so I read, that was my, I, I heard. Are they good? Uh, brilliant. Actually, I'm not a massive Stephen King fan, but um, the books were excellent. And actually, I came back and I watched the movies, so Doctor Sleep is out as well. And that was really good too. Ewan McGregor was in it as well. And is he? Yeah, Ewan McGregor's the, the main star. And he is, so the second movie is all about his, the, the son, the boy, growing up. And what happens to him, and it takes you into a completely different story, but it's really enjoyable. So yeah, that was that was what I did. I literally sat, and every opportunity I had, I just relaxed and read. It was beautiful. Nice. So yeah, I had a really nice time. Good. Um, so it's been really busy, right? Shall we get into what we're here to do? I yes. Rather than me catching up. Uh, so this is episode forty-six. Oh no. Oh no! Everything must go. Are you? You've warned me. I walked in the door, and you've sort of said. We need to talk about this. We do need to talk about this. Do you want to do it now? Um, or do you want to... Let's get uh, a disclaimer uh, first. Yeah. Right. So Facebook and Twitter, we're at Britpop Banter. Britpopbanter at gmail.com, which we're a bit lapsed on. So apologies if you've sent through an email to us and we haven't got back to you yet. We have been incredibly busy. Um, we will get to it. All views expressed in this podcast are 100% our own. And while we poke fun at some bands and artists, we appreciate the talent and sacrifice to create these albums. Woo! So you've got an option. Do you want to talk about Paul Weller Stanley Road episode? Yes. Or do you want to jump in and, and give your opinion straight away on what the issue is with this one? I want to do well, both. So, um, having come off the the highs of What's the Story, Morning Glory and Stanley Road, mm-hmm. it was a considerable low. What? what, what? Um, going into Everything Must Go. Because it's an album... That for that I feel like I must have been nostalgic about, or just forgotten, oh. because it's it's it should not be where it is. Oh. I, I right now I didn't even enjoy listening to it. You get stuffed away. Didn't because there's a lot of filler in it. There is no no no, and that's look one of the things I love, and this has been one of my things about the Manix, is that. Even for this, which is quite... And I think I made a comment around some people thinking it may be a cheesy album. What I mean by that is it's quite a commercial album as opposed to, say, the Holy Bible, for example. But even on this album, there's so much depth to it and there's so much stories behind the songs, which we'll talk about. I love this album. I, I love this album. I play it regularly. But then to go one level down and, and actually find out more about the song Meanings and the whole Richie piece is just... It's an incredible album. So I'm the opposite of you, and I will tell you what your rating was. You did rate this highly, but again, I rated it just one more probably above you. And I would still rate it probably what I've rated it. I mean, actually, I probably wouldn't. I'd probably drop it down a notch because my feeling is I would have given it around about an eight. I reckon it's now a seven. Um, I just think to myself yeah. that we've just been... that The last few episodes have just been such amazing albums. What's the story is an amazing album. Stanley Road, this is not better than them. It's not. Okay. It so should be maybe it should be in the top ten, maybe, but it's not better than them. In your opinion. In your humble, humble opinion. It's not humble. 
Um, um, but I'll not... answer that by saying that this is an album I listen to and enjoy more. Stanley Road and What's the Story. And so my rating has reflected that. I have really fond memories of this album. This is album. all about you, Kev, though, is it? But it's my... I'm 50% of this vote, pal, and that's why. And we, we copped some flack. We copped it, especially around What's the Story. You know, we knew that... And my concern is, I think we're actually going to get past this okay. My concern, and you don't know what's coming, but number five, the top five is coming. What's, in, what's that number five? That's where I think... Or we might get in trouble. But anyway, let's. Shall we crack on? What did you think about Paul Weller episodes? I like a nice, enjoyable episode. Lovely. Quite short. What, an hour forty. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. It's just a beautiful album. It's a gorgeous album. It and really is. Yeah. And you I, got a bit emotional during it as well, well which yeah, is lovely. Yeah. I won't be after this one. <sighs> oh, we saw the Chemical Brothers. We saw. Yes, we did. Because we did this. The Paul Weller. Me and you hung out in the morning, and then we caught up with each other again. That six o'clock that night, I went to the pub. Top knot was out. You said you disowned me. You didn't. Well, love it. <laughs> How were the cams? Amazing. Amazing. Like so good. I mean, they surpassed any expectation I had of them. And I'd stayed away from. There's a lot of sort of live at Glastonbury um, is on YouTube, and it pops up all the time in my feed. And I'm like, nope, I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. I want to go into this completely open-minded, not seeing anything. And my, what a show! They were both really into the performance, the visuals, the sounds, crowd, top notch. Amazing. Really, really good. And so since then, I've actually listened to um, both the live, so in, in the car, I've listened to both the live recording and I've watched the YouTube actual representation as well. And it's just, it's just, I, I've really enjoyed it. No geography, I've listened to countless times since then as well, which is a fantastic album. Yeah. It was good, wasn't it? I really we had a bit it. of a boogie. We did. Right, but then we were old and we left five minutes early so we could get to the car park and get. Out. How did you? And I enjoy that. Yeah, no, I enjoyed that. That car park was a mess because who was the other bloke that was playing? Sam, no, what's his? Who was the oh, other? Oh, Sean Mendes. No, yeah, yes, Sean Mendes. But no. I got the car park dead easy. Oh no, I was I was ages in that car park. What? Ages, ages, at least half an hour, forty five minutes, and it was all mums and kids. Because that's How what, is that possible? I was straight out. You, I think you were on the level above and I was in the level below and it was all about where you were parked next to the X. I was miles away from where you ran. Anyway. I chose uh, that deliberately. It was, well, I wasn't smart enough for that. I was straight miles away ramp. from the exit. And yeah. I backed the car in so I'd be front out because if you try and reverse out when there's all the cars, you don't get out. You were smart. I was very. So I've got, I've got to learn from that. Yeah. That was my only downside to it. Um, all right. Should we get into this week's episode though? So there's yes. lots to cover. So... First of all, um, look, there's a lot in this lot in this episode that is going to be quite serious, quite hard hitting. Um, you know, we're going to talk about some stuff that happened around the Manix time. So, uh, if if you're feeling or thinking like that, talk to someone about it. Right? Um, mm. There's a lot of support lines out there, like in Australia, we have Beyond, Beyond Blue, um, an organisation that you can talk to if you if you need any help. Um, but just just to call out, like this is this is going to be a pretty tough real episode. Yes. Um, all right, we had a challenge. Do you want to talk? Oh, we're doing that first, are we? Should we get on? Yeah, let's get into that. There was a challenge. Um, so we had the auteurs challenge sent to us. Mm. How do you want to do this? Do you want to go the usual track by track? Yeah, let's do that. I just need to add up my numbers. Oh, you need to do some some maths. All right. Um, so we, let's talk. Let's talk about this a little bit. So the auteurs, um, we've sort of admitted that they were a band that sort of lost in the shuffle with us. 
Um, we didn't know them from our youth, I guess. Like they were a bit too early for us to sort of pick up. Um, and also they got lost in the shuffle when we were doing our mass uh, listening exercise for this for this season. So we sort of sort of pushed them to the side and they keep coming up. Keep coming up is around a conversation around starting Britpop or being the pioneers. And there's a lot of love for them. Um, yeah. So yeah, you were quite happy to see these guys pop back up for yeah, us to have a chance. Right, you happy? Let's let's get started. Uh, right. The caveat for my one is. Oh, let's just get into it. The Rubets. Very weird. That chorus is cringy. The sugar baby bit is quite unusual as it has a kind of a Christmas bell to it. The na-na-nas are not good either. Voice here is quite creepy, so I could do without hearing this ever again. Not a good start. Zero out of ten. Yeah. Didn't like the chorus. Was a bit cringy. Three out of ten. Okay. Junk shop closed. Don't like this song. The voice. It's quite an unusual song, this one. The bit at the end with the shh-ah is quite unsettling to hear. Not for me at all. Three out of ten. I've just put, I like this a lot better than the Rubets. Oh, good. Um, I get the thing, I, I understand what you mean by the voice, but not the worst one. Okay. So five out of ten. Okay, all right. New French Girlfriend. It's okay if it came on on a playlist, I wouldn't skip it, but wouldn't be the one to put it in any of our playlists. Six out of ten. I also gave it a six out of ten. I thought this is actually seems to be getting better track by track. I'm yeah. hopeful. Yeah, 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 okay. New, uh, where am I? Showgirl? Actually quite like this. Found me getting into my work and letting it wash over me. So yeah, enjoyed this. 7 out of 10. Yeah, I enjoyed Showgirl. 6 out of 10. Lovely. How I Learned to Love the Boot Boys. Quite an unusual song. Bit more dancey. However, again, the singing is so unusual and unsettling. However, again, the music behind the singing is actually quite good. 4 out of 10. 5 out of 10. Lenny Valentino. Excellent guitar riff to start the song off. I think it's the vocals that I struggle with the auteurs. Musically, this song is excellent, but the vocals aren't great. Six out of ten. Best song in the challenge by far. Really? I actually really enjoyed this song. Seven out of ten. Oh, okay. All right. Mm -hmm. The Upper Classes. Not bad. Great guitar work on the song. Again, music is excellent. Voice not for me. Six out of ten. Uh, I gave this a four out of ten. This is a big drop in form. Ooh. Big drop. (laughs) Big drop. Chinese Bakery, not great again. I like the violin. I feel like I'm repeating myself again with the voice. Five out of ten. I give it a five. Okay. Uh, 1967, don't like the verses and the tinkly sound effects. However, quite like the guitar work on this. Four out of ten. I give it a four. Lights Out. I like the Lights Out bit. However, the rest isn't good. Feels a bit Babylon Zoo to me because of the space effects on his vocals. Um, if this were an album, this would be a very weird way to end the album. Three out of ten. I give it a four. So I got four to eight. Right. So that's 4.8 average. 4.4. So, okay. Here's, here's the, I mean, straight away from me, musically, this band is actually quite good. Like, it's actually, they're actually strong musicians. Yes. But unfortunately for me, it's the vocalist yes. that just, unfortunately, I don't gravitate to and turns me away from the auteurs. This, like no, me. not like for me. me. You, you, you the same? Yeah couple of good ones like I actually would go back to Lenny Valentino I enjoyed that yep yep new yep, friend's yep. girlfriend showgirl I probably would too yep the rest no yeah okay okay yeah I, yeah you know I feel exactly the same all right I have a challenge for you so what do I have 
Depeche Mode. All right, okay. So, yeah. And I've had a little look at this, so thank you very much for sending that through, Chesh. Thank you. This is going to be amazing. Okay, all right. I love the tracks that, that, that he's picked. Okay. Like, I think they're great. Um, this is actually really good because we've spoken about them a couple of times. We have. And you don't really know them. No. And I know them way better than you. Mm-hmm. Um, my gut's telling me you're going to enjoy this. Okay. I, I'm confident. Confident. Because I've, I've had a look at the tracks... And there's a couple of belters in What there. do you think I'm going to give out of 10? You're going to be a mixed bag. You're going to vary from four, and there's a couple of tracks I think you'll push eight or nine. Okay. And if you don't, <laughs> then... I'm in trouble. Yeah, serious question. Shall we get into Song of the Week? Song of the Week! Song of the Week! Song of the Week! What about the homework? I've got to Well homework's next ah. You do song of the week then See this is We take a week off We're all over the place I feel like this is You're hungover You're sunburned I'm still in Fijian time uh, So the Greedy Souls They're bio Four lads With a love for music uh, With new tracks created And ready to smash up 2019 The song Which we'll play Which is I Need to Know Is taken from the latest sing- Single called We Will Rule Get more info on them at thegreedysouls.com or on Spotify. So here we go. I need to know by the Greedy Souls.
like that song? Yeah, good track. It's a good, good track. So good luck, guys. Thank you for letting us play that. Yes, thank All you. the best. So the Greedy Souls, that was. Homework. Oh, we've had so much homework. Now, this is... Night Flowers. Night Flowers. Her first song is Night Train. Yes, you confused the hell out of me. I'm trying to find this band. So it's Night Flowers. Yes. And it's an EP because it has eight songs on it, right? Yeah, but it's an album. Oh, is it? Okay. So don't be buttoning in with your thinking you know what you're talking about. It's just an album with eight songs. It's a good point. I'm going to shut up. Yeah, that would be great if you could do that. (laughs) Um, so, and Sam Fender with Hypersonic Missiles. So I'm interested in this. Yes. So I'm, let's start with Night Flowers. There's not a great deal on them because they are, you know, not that famous yet. Um, but they are a indie pop quintet. Do you know what a quintet is, Kev? Five piece? Yeah, well done. Um, close friends from North England and... <laughs> <laughs> So that must be from French, right? Quintet. Yeah, well, quatre is a quartet. That's French. Look, I'm, I'm going back to wow. when I was 16 trying to remember my French. Anyway, so the... Sorry, go on. Jesus, you off now. Anyway, so they are a quintet. Um, the vocalist has was born in Massachusetts, though, in Boston. So, ah. London... Massachusetts, but you can tell. I feel like you can tell in their music that collaboration of background. Oh, just saying. Okay. So it was hard to find reviews because there's not a ton on it, but I did find, and I love this blog that I found. It's called the Wee Review. You've 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 talked about that before. Love it. So the Wee Review gave it four out of five. So Fortune Teller is the second album. Their first album, by the way, was called Wild Notion, and it got widespread widespread praise. So if you do like this album, go and listen to the first one. Um, anyway, their second album uh, by Nightflowers, following their debut Wild Notion, came out in spring. The fans fell in love with the band's dreamy romantic style and the lilting vocals of Boston-born vocalist Sophia Petit will not be let down by the new album. Fortune Taylor contains all the elements that made the band's first album so successful, while introducing new influences from artists such as Fleetwood Mac that enrich the latest collection of songs. Many of the songs have a slightly more rocky feel that is reminiscent of the 80s, particularly noticeable in tracks such as Merry Go Round and I've Loved You, which have the echo and riffs and synth pop style of that era. Perhaps the one criticism for the album is that it doesn't take many risks. It's easy listening, there's nothing experimental about it, but there's no mistaking the band's hazy signature sound, made even better with its distinctive nod to 80s rock, and the sweet, delicate vocals of Petit, which come through raw and emotionally charged, ensure that the band never lose their authenticity. So, Kevin, I am very interested to hear what you have to say about this album. (laughs) Oh, so Fleetwood Mac. I mean, mm-hmm. right. So, what do I like about the album? Night Train, which is the introduction. It starts off like, what's the story, Morning Glory? Like, it's, it's very, you know, the, the radio frequency? Yes, yes. Starts, and I'm like, ooh. Anyway, just, it, I went, oh, And then it goes into Fleetwood Mac, very similar to Edge of Seventeen, the song. Because I was like, ah, that sounds like Fleetwood Mac. And then I'm like, trying to pinpoint which song it actually is. It's, the edge of 17. So I get the Wii review because I was like, these guys sound like Fleetwood Mac. Um, I like uh, a lot of love. 
this this was weird, and I don't know the weird review didn't say it, but it, Laura Love reminded me of Lullab- the Lullaby by The Cure. Yeah, right. right okay. Very just just the the the, the sound behind it. Um, especially when the strings kick in as well. Fortune Teller is good. I've Loved You is, is a good song as well. Okay. I, I actually think that the Wii Review is kind of spot on. I think this is this is easy le- listening. I just don't think it takes many risks. It's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, things I didn't pick up on it. Merry Go Round. I think the chorus is a little bit cheesy. Perfect Storm, which is that really short minute and a half song. Carry On is okay, No Coming Down, the last track is not not so great. Um, overall, very Fleetwood Mac with flavours of Echabelli. Lovely voice and some nice songs, but sadly it won't have me running back to the album. Overall, 6 out of 10. Mm. I actually found it okay. That's better than I thought you were going to Yeah, it was okay. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed it. I knew you would. I knew you would. Yeah. It's like the review's spot on. It's not challenging. I don't think it's four out of five material. No. It's not challenging. It's not anything that you've probably not heard Correct. before. Correct. I love Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks, so mm-hmm. that's probably why. Mm-hmm. And I love female vocalists and I do love indie bands anyway. But um I really enjoyed the song Night Train, Lot of Love, Many Go Round. The track the title track Fortune Teller's great. Mm-hmm. Um it's certainly an album I'll put on again. It's nice to have it in the background if you're doing stuff or working. It's just a nice album. Yeah. I gave it 7 out of 10. Yeah, okay. All right. I, yeah, I'd agree with that. I will listen to it again. Uh, I probably won't. Did you... I really want to know if anyone knows what the story is behind the album cover. Yeah, I tried to dig in for you and I couldn't find so it. So the album cover... Is that the, the lead singer? I'm, un, I'm unsure. But there's a, a sort of lady dressed up as a clown. And I just want to know what the, the sort of inspiration behind that album cover is it just grabbed my attention shits and giggles I think (laughs) Sam Fender talk to me about this bloke so English actor singer songwriter and guitarist he's an actor yep after starting his acting career he was signed as a singer and released several singles independently he was named one of the BBC sound of 2018 really he released his first EP Dead Boys in November 2018 and he won the Critics Choice Award at the 2019 Brit Awards the following year he's released this album Hypersonic Missiles and it entered the UK album chart at number one did it really? Yeah, back in September. Uh, I can kind of understand that. Yeah. And we'll get into that. So reviews. Our pals at Pitchfork. Ooh. 6.1. Okay. Though the upstart British songwriter is a capable storyteller when he zeroes on a single topic, his debut is only intermittently transcendent. Raised on a council estate in North Shields, from the age of 10, Sam Fender took solace in the music of Bruce Springsteen, which you can hear, mm. finding common ground between Springsteen's Asbury Park and hardship of his own hometown. Now 25 and a songwriter himself, he landed a deal with Polydor and won the Critics' Choice Award at the Brit Awards before he'd released his first album. Jeez. When he takes a swing at Pop Machine and peers like James Bay or Ed Sheeran, it's not just outsider posturing except that Fender now finds himself on the inside. Um, Label executives have heralded hypersonic missiles as the second coming of Bruce Springsteen. But though Fender's commitment to addressing serious social issues sets him apart, um, he runs into trouble when he tries to tackle everything at once. The title track climaxes in a thrilling boss homage 
um, but stumbles on the, the way there as Fender's protagonist groans. The tensions of the world are rising higher. We're probably due another war, war with all this ire. Um, taking a different approach to the Macklemore songs, the same name, Privilege, pairs dense harmonies with an onslaught of societal grievances. Brexit, social media, liberal arguments, political correctness. The critiques are often shallow and unlike the better songs here, devoid of empathy. Fender says the song was written as a series of characters, but the lyrics are so muddled it's hard to tell when the perspective shifts. Mm, six point one. Okay. Enemy. Ten out of ten. Four out of five. Oh, God. The Geordie Springsteen's debut excels at documenting small-town frustration, which is why he means so much to so many people. This album isn't perfect, but he's a welcome antidote to polite chaps with guitars. He fares less well when he overreaches and ties himself in knots. White privilege, yes really, attempts to puncture social media outrage and the smug liberals who have written him off. Um, Yet hypersonic missile mostly hits the notes he longs to convey. It's by turns euphoric and melancholy, self-deprecating and righteous, untethered and claustrophobic. There are no easy answers here, but Sam Fender's asking the right questions. Four out of five. Right. Yes, Kevin. I would love to hear your thoughts on Sam Fender and hypersonic missiles. So this came from Izzy? It did. So the warning was to Izzy, don't ruin my holiday in Fiji by making me listen to Pap. Um, Look, it's not Pap. But it's not good, right? Uh, okay, so you made the comment of the Lewis Capaldi. Like, I think we were both talking, is this in the same remit? So it's not Lewis Capaldi. No. But it has this commercialised feel to it that turns me off. I don't know what it is. It's not raw. It's just, it's it's heavily polished. I don't, I don't know how to kind of kind of feel with it. So let's talk about what I liked. So Dead Boys, uh, Play God, I reckon is the best song on the album. And I actually, while I was at pool, went, I like this song. And I turned my phone up. I was like, actually, I quite like this song, right? Um, that sound is excellent. Will We Talk a bit is a bit cheesy. Uh, Will We Talk a bit cheesy, but mm-hmm. it's good. Call Me Lover, The Meh, uh, Hypersonic Missiles, the intro, um, some of the things they do on the, he f- it's like Sam does this thing about where he he it's almost like he's singing to a live crowd and trying to engage with a crowd. So he does this like um, kind of like like a, it's kind of like a ha or like he sort of you know it's not part of the song but he's doing it over on top of the song and it kind of feels like you would do that in a live performance but not on an album. I just found it really annoying. Um, the Borders is okay. White Privilege is okay. Um, overall, you were right about the Lewis Capaldi example. It just had this commercial manufactured feel about it. I find his voice really polarising also. Sometimes I really enjoyed it. Sometimes I really struggled with it. Like some songs. Other, I didn't at all. Five out of ten. So Some songs are good. Don't get me wrong. Some songs, when they hit, are good. There's just not enough of them. No. And it's a long album as well. There's yeah. a lot of songs. Go on. Um, 13 songs I don't like Bruce Springsteen so I'll just start with that I don't um, get the Bruce Springsteen vibe I at all. do so, but I don't I don't listen to Bruce Springsteen that's why but that's good um, but um, Bruce Springsteen challenge coming oh no god <laughs> um, so look I get like okay so here's where my head's at 
I respect people who want to make a political stand or talk about social issues through music because you get it's a broad audience, his target market are probably people that need to hear such things. However, if you're going to do it, to what Enemy and Pitchfork were saying, you got to be, it sounded just a bit cliched for me. Yeah. I, like yeah. saying about Brexit and stuff, and I was like, do you even know what you're talking about? And so I just don't know. It didn't have, some bands who do that political, like for example, when we've talked about, say, um, Manic Street Preachers, when we spoke about them, and they do do it, you go, wow, that's hard-hitting, that's deep, you've thought about that. Yeah. And you go, wow, I get it, and that's really powerful. Yeah. This isn't powerful. No. This just sounding like some fellow with a guitar banging on about Brexit, and yeah. I'd rather he didn't. Right. Um, so that was already annoying, so it was hard to even get past. But besides that, his voice is okay, to your point, Play God, I think, is the best song. Good. Call Me Lover's okay, Dead Boys, White Privilege does my nut. Um... Hypersonic Missiles isn't good. Yeah. Um, well, we talk, I didn't like it. Um, we thought I didn't... I struggled with it because I, I actually struggled. thought... The first listen, I wasn't really paying too much attention to it and I thought, I might actually like this because it was a bit like... When I did listen to Lewis Capaldi, there's a couple of tracks that I kind of liked and I went, oh, I'm probably going to find a couple of tracks in here that I go, I like that. It's probably a bit commercialised. That's okay. They'll be enjoyable. Mm. But I didn't. Yeah. Four out of ten. Okay, I okay. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Um, and I don't understand why he's so getting. I, I don't get it either. But we're not there, so we don't we don't know. No. But um, and look, there are there's some really good singles on this album, like this, the songs that we talked about. I can see them being really big songs, but the rest of it is just it's a struggle. It's a real like I just I was like okay, that's a grind to listen to. Okay, let's do it again. Let's take notes, and it just wasn't a. Oh my god, let me play it again, can I album? No, no, that's not. Um, Alright, what's my, what's my homework for next week? So, Spearmint. What? Is it because and, of drinking coffee? Yep, and Are You From The Future? And a band called The Night Cafe with the album 0151. Who the hell are these people? You just do your wee homework and I'll tell you next <laughs> week. Spearmint and... They're an older band. So we had Night Flowers and this is The Night... Cafe. And there was the night train on the night flowers album. There's a lot of nights. Oh, there's a lot of nights. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. I think I know what you'll think of both of these albums. You're going to love one and you're not going to like one. Okay. Okay. Ready? Maybe. Okay, we're moving on? Yeah. All right, Guilty Pleasures. Everything but the girl amplified heart. Now, this is music to listen to next to a pool. Right? Didn't mind this. However, I sort of hinted at it, and it's not my favourite Everything But The Girl album no. by a long shot. Um, do you want to... T- you talk about it first. So, I... Yes, it's not my favourite Because it's before they get more electronic Yeah, I know It's literally the album before they go electronic It's got Missing on it It's got Missing, which is amazing But even then, it's the Okay, here's We'll talk it about it It does have now. the Todd Teddy remix If you get to the board That I mean, yeah. yeah, it's a tough one Because you've heard so many different versions of Missing over the year That it just There's so many better versions and that's an amazing song Of the original song So when you hear the original It's a bit unusual to hear it again Yeah 
because you go, oh, this is so stripped back. And it has an annoying cowbell in it. Is that the one with the cowbell? It's super annoying. But then you put the Todd Terry mix on it as well, which Boom. is just absolute class. Right, um, go on. Regardless of this is before the electronics, her voice oh, is amazing. I, I, Second to none, and it makes the album for me. Um, I didn't mind this. I prefer them later. Yeah, I agree. But Roller Coaster, I like. Troubled Mind, I like. Yep. Walking to You, obviously missing. We Walk the Same Line, Get Me. They're probably the ones that I like. I didn't really like Two Star. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that, it's not... <sighs> okay, how do I put this? So everything but... The, because I know what's coming next... Mm-hmm. I judge it to that. Mm-hmm. If I judge this on its own, mm-hmm. I didn't know that you were going to have walking wounded, etc., etc. Mm. Next, then I would be like, "Oh, they're a good band." Yeah, I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah. So, but I know what's coming. Yeah. So then I judge it in that way, which is, and it's hard. Yeah. So I gave this uh, six and a half. I mirror your exact same sentiments, but I rated it less because I actually find it quite dull. It's lovely. Oh, it's lovely. It's not. It's yeah, lovely, it's not air, yeah. But it's dull. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Missing is it, the, all the songs. You're bang on. The Todd Terry remix. Come on, it's it's amazing. But you're always like the next album is where they truly found what they were supposed to be. Um, so five out of ten for me. It was it was it was nice. You know, you'd put it on in a romantic dinner, but that's about it. Um, My voice is amazing. Are you ready for the next one? Because. I think you're going to love this next one. So Ian has come with TLC, Crazy, Sexy, Cool. Amazing. I knew you Don't that. go chasing waterfalls. Please stick to the rivers and the lakes that you used to. I know that you're going to... What do you think I think about this album? No. You, yeah, don't, you yeah. don't think I'm going to like this, do you? Because I creep. Yeah. What do you think you're going to give this? <laughs> Ten. <laughs> Let's see. Six. All right, you ready for Britpop One Liners? Boom! Britpop One Liners! It's a bit of junk, it'll be funny. It'll be funny. Give it here. Elastica. Oh no. That's a good one, eh? I was like, who will I pick? Polarising, boom, Elastica. So, Chris, all energy and thrust and enthusiasm, and sometimes that's enough. Oh, yeah, I like this. We're going in with the drinks again. Ian, Elastica like iced tea. All the raw ingredients are there, but it just doesn't work. It's <laughs> a good point. Iced tea's pointless. Chesh, <laughs> uh, not as good as they think. I second that. Okay. The best band ever to ever exist. Yep. Did she know it was about Alaska? <laughs> don't, don't. Alaska. Yeah, you, okay. Um, ADL, Alaska, iconic album, big on style, punchy riffs, gutter humour, and a snarly art school vibe, all with a smattering of dubious musical borrowings. <laughs> You're. And more importantly, Donna had the best hair in Britpop. Michael, boys that like girls to be boys. Oofed. Johnny, wasted potential. Jake, wired did it better. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> Andy, Frischman, it was irritating to be lumped in with Oasis. None of us liked their music. 
you lose <laughs> so badly. <laughs> Bryce, crap. <laughs> DJ NDT, who cares where their riffs came from? Probably Wire. Probably they all the, probably the, com- cared, all the yeah. bands that you had to pay royalties yeah, they, to. They probably cared. Stuart, really cool, Faultless debut album, Blew My Chance with Justine. Right, so, so, Ooh, the minute I, I saw that... story coming on. So the minute I saw that is, I went, oh, I need, I need to find out what happened here, right? So I've wrote down, <laughs> word for word, what he, what he said. Oh, and thank you, yeah, 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 thank you for sharing it, first of all. Amazing. Go on. I'm ready for yeah. this. So, I've probably built it up over the past 25 years, but I saw them open for Kingmaker at the Mill in Preston, low ceiling, sweat dripping, etc. Sat against the wall with my mate, and a beer and Justine walks through the crowd in between sets and we had a prolonged head-turning eye contact but I was too shy to even think about talking to her. She was probably just fixated with my silly haircut. Did he have a top note? (laughs) Did you have a top note shirt? Because that's, yeah. Stop it, you. If we're going to talk about silly haircuts. Oh, you haven't mentioned it. My my esteemed colleague here has one of the silliest of all time. Do you not think it looks nice? Because you look like Gareth Bale in FIFA at 15. That's, I'll take that. That's fine. Um, That's so a cartoon, Gareth. We sort of, talked about, sort of talked about this a bit with Stu, and his mate will back him up. His mate said exactly the same thing. So, kudos. What were you doing, Stuart? You could have been well in. Well, so I can see... I can kind of see... She's quite intimidating. Like, she's got a presence, she's, you know, strong, she's outspoken. Yeah. You know, she, what she said about Oasis, for example, yeah. she doesn't hold back. So, as a young man, she's probably quite intimidating. What was your haircut? I want to know what your haircut was, Stuart. I need to know. And you're going to judge the haircut versus... <laughs> Send me a wee photo, that'd be great. Or just... What, but just thank you so insight. much for sharing. Yeah, absolutely, that's Awesome, amazing. awesome story. Amazing. Um, David, other bands may have been better, but for a brief time, was anyone cooler? Mm. Colin, not as good as everyone thought at the time, but Stutter remains one of the greatest Britpop singles. Yep. Tim, not my cup of tea, and I rarely put their records on. Same. Yeah, so. And I, we went through that when we put. I mean, they were in the top 15, I think it should be, but we went through how it didn't really And we changed up. it, yes. yeah. Both of us flipped. Feels like it's going to be like that today. So if you want to. If you haven't listened to the Elastic episode, go back and listen to that. We cover a lot about their sort of career and what could have been and and how much they, you know, borrowed from from previous bands. But that's a, that actually a really good episode because it was one of the ones that we listened to a year ago and went yeah we love that album and then when we sort of analysed it and repeated listens and mm-hmm. sort of found out the story behind it we both came in and went it's probably not as good as we thought it was hmm. yeah so anyway familiar territory <laughs> <laughs> so we will see speaking of which um, I just want to talk about a quick story that I read in the news yesterday just oh, about yeah, go, go part on. of the Nolan Liam saga because I regularly keep up is it still a saga still a saga I read this and thought this is obviously clickbait because this is a moronic comment, but I'm going to click in it anyway. Probably was. Because it's was. not Oasis, you're clickbait happy. I said. So Noel Gallagher, the Oasis songwriter and spectacular interviewee, has said he'd rather have Boris Johnson than Liam for a brother. And oh, I went, no! No! Way, no. no. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to read this. <laughs> 
So it's um, and there's video footage of this. In the latest in a long line of digs at his younger brother, Noel was appearing on the Scandinavian talk show Scavlan alongside Boris Johnson's sister, Rachel Johnson. Oh, okay. During his appearance, he recounted the day of the Brexit vote back in 2016, where he appeared to shock Rachel Johnson by admitting that he didn't vote. Explaining his stance, he said, I was in the studio the day of the vote, and there was a voting station across the road from um, the station. I thought, I can't be bothered to go and vote, because who would be stupid enough to vote to leave? Mm. We were all told we'd stay by a landslide, so we just carried on working, and I went home. Um... And to be up about 11pm and everyone said we'd stay, I woke up and the world has changed and we've been in a mess ever since. Then he got asked who he'd prefer as a sibling, Liam or Boris? (laughs) And he said, I would say Boris is more entertaining. His use of the English language is more superior. (laughs) (laughs) Liam is better looking though. I probably would not get on with either of them. In a more measured analysis of the family dynamic... Noel explained that the family politics can be exhausting before adding, he insults my wife a lot, it has nothing to do with her, and he threatens my kids, and it all gets a bit stupid. Liam has got how many kids officially? Four, I believe. (laughs) Nobody has got married yet, so the situation has never risen. Just when I thought it was quiet between them. So Noel's here now as part of the U2 tour. Um... And then you've got Liam in, what, three weeks? Well, where, where have we seen them? 7th of December, 6th yeah, of December. Yeah. So that'll be good. The set list, like you said, you said it through to me, looks amazing. Um, God, those those two. Amazing. Did you see Boris's um, video of him, like, getting candidly interviewed when he's making a cup of tea? It's like five minutes. No, that's awful. It's, uh, it's just, you can't take your eyes away from it because it's, it's this young... Well, Someone sort of roughly interviewing Boris about Boris, what did you have for dinner last night? And then he like answers like steak and oven chips or something like that. Um, you know, what surprised you most about being a number ten? Oh, the fact that I couldn't get a Thai curry d- delivered because of all the security. But it's the the one thing that got everyone. It's very office. It's like the it's it's like a scene from the office. But it's this one thing that everyone is talking about. It's how Boris made his cup of tea, right? So he gets the. Hot water, puts tea back in and just like literally just throws the milk in and just walks off. So it's a very Australian thing to do that is to leave the tea bag in and drink with the tea with the tea bag. Stupid. That's How can you run a country if you can't even make a cup of tea? That's what people are saying. And you know why? It is an Australian thing to leave the tea bag in though. But you know why? Because I saw him the other day as well with the floods trying to mop a floor. The man's never made a cup of tea in his life. He's never had to. He's had people that he's paid for his whole life to make him tea. So he doesn't actually know. He probably thought that was legit. So we're trying to blame him for not... That's not how he does it. Because he doesn't know. He just knows that tea comes on a mug. Because it gets brought to him like that. And it's like, oh, shit, I've got to put this on. And I'm on the video. And oh, God. I think it's milk. Is it milk? Yeah, and you keep the tea bag in. Don't know. I'll just do it. He's got no clue. It's like with the flood. They had floods in the UK, and then he went and he was look, pretending to be mopping up mess to help. He's making it worse, <laughs> Boris. You got to rinse out the mop. You've never used a mop in your life, mate. Don't try. Just say you're sorry and move on. Right. Oh. You got to watch it. That's that's your home. You got to watch it because you'll just be like, ah, eyes. Oh, you're just, just going to get me fired up. In Australia, can I? I've just got to do this because we're talking about it. Oh god. Here we In go. Australia, though, we've had the opposite. So we've had these terrible bushfires. Bushfires, right? yeah. I'm in a bushfire zone. I had to pack up 
because so we last year I had to actually evacuate our house. Like so, we're going off topic. Well, kind of, but so last March, well, this year, um, so we we moved into a bushfire area. And what what it just means it's not like there's fires every year. It just means that you're, it's heavily heavily. Um, there's a lot of forest. There's a lot of parks. Yeah. A lot of bushland, um, which is great. It's, it's beautiful suburbia. But um, in April, we'd sort of been warned that the sort of bushfires get quite serious every sort of couple of years. And so, so March last year, the March this year, sorry, there was um, uh, bushfires. Right. So we were we could literally the the smoke. You couldn't breathe for the smoke. You could see the fires in the distance getting closer to the house, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so it was really serious that like, you have to like spray your whole house, make sure everything's wet. And then as we were in a cul-de-sac, so all the neighbours were talking to each other around who's going to stay, evacuation plans, all this sort of stuff. And so you have to pack your, your life up in suitcases. And so if you think about, okay, um, right, where's my mortgage deeds? Where's my birth certificate? Where's my visa information? Where's the passport? And all the important information you have to find and, and put. And then you go, okay, I've got, Two, two big suitcases, what am I going to fit in the back of the car? So it's literally your, your clothes, your toys. It's as if you're going on holiday. Yeah. Um, so last year, we sort of had to, we sort of, we had a bit of noise. So we got some stuff out of the house really, really quite quickly. But I remember watching the TV and my, the home phone ringing. And the home phone rings, because we never get phone calls on it, answer the phone. And it's an emergency broadcast on your telephone saying that you must evacuate your house now. Right, and then my mobile phone's ringing, and it's the same message. And then there's an SMS comes through that basically is like evacuate now. Right, so you imagine you're just like because I remember locking up the house last in, in March. I remember like closing the door and touching the door, going, I don't know if I'm going to see you again. You know, like that sort of and like so. Got down to the bottom of the road, and literally it was like Armageddon. You saw families running out the driveway, like packing up the back of the car, and just like getting out of there and we drove to the bottom of our street and the forest at the bottom of the street was on fire and her tree had fallen over blocking the road and it was on fire right that's the bottom of my street so we were luckily turning right to get out and it was crazy because you've got fire people running armageddon like all this sort of crazy stuff and then you go up to the top of this hill and it's a 40 degree beautiful sunshine day there's people doing uh, fitness routines as people walking their dog and literally 100 metres down the road there's people actually feared for their safety running for their lives it is mental so we had to do that again this week with all the bushfires yes. so our life went into suitcases again so yeah talk to me about your, your sort of so it's been crazy well it's been crazy because you just think there's the floods in UK and there's bushfires here and Venice as well Venice is under as well but our Prime Minister you know He's not going to offer any help because climate change isn't real. He's just going to offer thoughts and prayers. Yeah, he got into trouble for that, didn't he? He's a moron. Yeah, that old thoughts and prayers. I mean, why? You've just got to stop saying that. Yeah, why? And climate change is real. Do not walk into Parliament with a lump of coal when Australia's on fire. I mean, they didn't. It was past tense. But you can't... I get that Australia's had bushfires from the beginning of time. It's a warm, hot, dry climate. Get that. There are droughts in Australia so badly... Farmers' lives are affected, the whole thing. There are... We're not even in summer yet. I know. And these bushfires are just going to yeah, get worse yeah. and worse. Apparently no. Just thoughts and prayers. To, there needs to be a thought process around... Well, climate change is actually a thing. Maybe you need to address it. Yeah, there's that. But then to any sort of disaster or tragedy, tragedy 
don't ever put thoughts and prayers. No. Uh, I mean, just just have a think about, about so much. Yeah, exactly. So much. exactly. We're running the country. Um, anyway, sorry, I just got my soapbox there. People love it when you go on your soapbox, though. Well, go nuts. I did. Right, should we talk about this album? And you will get, you will step off your soapbox, and then you get back on. Oh it. dear, here we go. You ready? Boom. Manix, everything must go. So the album cover, the album and CD packaging was designed by Mark Farrow. So he's done work with Spiritualized and Pet Shop Boys. So he ah. did the If You Are Flo- We're Floating in Space album oh, yeah. cover. Did that. Um, the CD insert bears a quote from Jackson Pollock. The pictures I contemplate painting would constitute a halfway state and attempt to point out the direction of the future without arriving there completely. The album was going to be called Sounds in the Grass. Oh, yeah. Named, af- named after a series of paintings by that guy, Jackson Pollock. Yeah, right. Everything Must Go to- takes its name from a play by Patrick Jones' Nicky Wire's brother. Ah. Oh. Sounds in the Grass, Everything Must Go. What do you feel? Everything Must Go. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, it was released on the 20th of May, 1996. This is the Manic's fourth album. The previous album was The Holy Bible, 94, and it got to number six. So we're going to talk a bit about The Holy Bible because it's quite an important album for, for Manix fans. What followed, followed it, This Is My Truth, Tell Me Yours, which we covered in episode 14. <sighs> that was a while ago, wasn't it? I know. Gee whiz. Uh, the label, Epic, who are a subsidiary of Sony. They've got Meatloaf, Celine Dion, Mariah Carey, ABBA, Rage Against Machine, Michael Jackson. Recorded at the Chateau de la Rouge in Normandy. France Big Noise Recorders, Cardiff, Real World Studios in, in Wiltshire, England. Producer Mike Hedges, U2, Dido, Travis, Texas, everything but the girl, heaps of stuff. Uh, 45 minutes and 12 tracks. Got to number two. How long was it in the charts, though? 47 weeks. 103. Oh, I just make it up. You just, I, know, I know. One day I'm going to get it right. You ready for the charts? I am. Albums? Yes, Who, I'll tell you what 96 Who's in the charts? Celine Dion She is She's number 10 uh, Kylie Minogue Nope Who's old? Michael Bolton Ooh, No uh, What that clown What's his name? Simply Red No you're not Right I'll help you out Number 9 Mike and the Mechanics The Hits Oh yeah Number 8 The Greatest Hits Take that Take that down on the Upside by Soundgarden. Oh, don't like them. The score by the Fugees. Oh, what an album. I play my enemies like a game of chess. Name that song. Oh, I know the song too. Ready or not? No, here I come. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Uh, 1977 by Ash. What's the story? Jagged Little Pill. Because she swears. Because she swears. Everything Must Go. And then Older by George Michael. Oh, I'm glad that beat it. <laughs> Singles Return of the Mac <laughs> Again Again Because You Loved Me By Celine Dion oh. Fast Love By George Michael Great song Great song There's Nothing I Won't Do By JX There's Nothing I Won't Do Anything You Want Me To I Can't Keep My Hands Off You oh. There's Nothing I Won't Do The Only Thing That Looks Good On Me By Brian Adams Oh My God Until It Sleeps By Metallica Ooh. Nobody Knows By The Tony Rich Project Oh My God I Love That What's Song What's That <laughs> And nobody knows but me. Oh. I love that. Mysterious Girl by Peter Andre. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! 
mysterious girl. girl. I wanna get close. Featuring Bubbler Ranks. Of course it was. Uh, ooh, ah, just a little bit by Gina G. <laughs> <laughs> Your story about Gina G. That is brilliant. If it had a best of, that would be it. Uh, Three Lions by Badil Skinner and the Lightning Sons. I'm not going to say a word about that. Although Scotland won today. 2-1 two, two, against Cyprus, though. Still and a, that's win. a win's a win, right? A win's a win. Bring on Kazakhstan. <laughs> we are world beaters. <laughs> right. England won 7 now. That's how you should do it. How did, who were they playing? Montenegro. Okay. Okay. Shall we get into the album? Um, yes. Ready? Good? Yes, yes. Alright, so this comes off the back of the Holy Bible in August 1984, which both of us didn't really like. However, it was a pivotal moment for the Manics because of a number of reasons. At that point, the band was James Bradfield, Richie Edwards, also known as Richie James, Nicky Warr and Sean Moore. We'll talk about Richie Edwards, who was the lead writer for the band in a second, so bear with me. Back to the Holy Bible. It was their highest charting album, hitting number six, got three singles in the top 40, selling 600,000 copies. Mark Edwards from Stylus wrote, The Holy Bible is easily one of the best albums of the 90s, ignored by many but loved intensely by the few who've lived with it over the years. It puts everything the Manics have done since to shame, not to mention, ne- not to mention nearly everything else in music. What, so, okay, so the album itself, it's got some really hard-hitting messages in the album, as every Manix yes. album does, yep, yep, yep. but it's, the, the Holy Bible is, is something else. Songs inspired from concentration camps, anorexia, self-harm, uh, the human's fascina- fascination with murder, depression, alcoholism, alcoholism. For example, there's a song called Four Stone, Seven Pounds, written by Richie who struggled with anorexia. However, James is the one who sings it, right? Yep. So I want to pause that for a second, right? So just just think about Richie writes this song, and we'll we'll get into him in a second. He's struggling. He writes a song about being four stone, and James has to sing it, right? So you imagine you write me a song about you know maybe you're struggling with depression, alcoholism, whatever. As you are struggling, yep. And then I have to sing it, yep. How what what's what? How do you feel about that? I imagine um, it'd be so hard. Well, I don't. Okay, yeah, no. Uh, if I think because they had such a close relationship, okay, right. So I know you well, so I would have known that you were going through that. So I would have been on that journey with you. So singing that would have been. I get it. We've probably written the song together. I know the problem that you're going through. I've been through it with you, in some respects. Mm. So then you'd probably want to do that person proud by singing it for them. So, oh, I, you've took a different lens on this. That's, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. Because you'd be like, they would have, he would have known the battle. And also the sharing of through. that as well. It's deeply personal. So. And he's probably had to help him through it and knows about it. Yeah, okay. And then the song's been written and he's probably got input into it. And he's probably like, that, yeah, I'll get this message out for you. That's how I'd feel about it. No, I like that. I like that. You've, you've, yeah. I didn't come in looking at that, and you've, you've added a different lens to that. So that's, yeah, okay, cool. Um, so after the Holy Bible, they went on a massive tour with Suede and Therapy towards the end of 94. 
However, Ritchie checked into the Priory Psychiatric Hospital, missing out on some of the promotional work and forcing the band to appear as a three-piece at the Reading Festival and Tea in the Park. In February, they were planning to head to the States for media before a March-April tour. However, Ritchie didn't show up on the 1st of Feb and subsequently disappeared. So I'm going to talk about this. This It's a fascinating yet incredibly sad yeah, no. subject, yeah. but it's, it's really important to sort of set the scene behind the album, right? Alright, so, there's the alleged background of Richie, right? So if you look into Richie, uh, you know, allegedly he suffered severe doubts, bouts of, of depression. Uh, he's very open about it in interviews. He's also self-harmed, mainly through stubbing cigarettes on his body and, and cutting himself. Um, he said, when I cut myself, I feel so much better. All the little things that might have been annoying to me suddenly seem so trivial because I'm concentrating on the pain. I'm not a person who can scream and shout, so this is my only outlet. It's all done very logically. So that's, you remember my opening statement um, yes. when we opened up this podcast? Um, so a pretty graphic example of this was on the 15th of May 1991. Richie gained notor- notoriety following an argument with mm. enemy journalist Steve Lamack who questioned the band's authenticity and values, que- keen to ensure the punk ethic was not abused after a gig at Norwich Art Centre. Lamack asked of Richie's seriousness towards his art and Richie responded by carving the words for real into his forearm mm. with a razor blade he was carrying. The injury required 18 stitches. There's a photo of yes, that. Yes, I've seen it. It is absolutely brutal. Like, it's just, it's harsh. Like, it's it's tough to look at, and it is... I wonder, yeah. I wonder how Lamac felt. Like, seeing, having that conversation, and then seeing something like that. Yeah, you'd, you'd feel... You'd, well, you'd, you'd feel... Resp- and 18 stitches. So, we're not mucking around here. No. It's a serious injury. Um, so, Richie's final live appearance with the band was at the London Astoria on the 21st of December 1994. The concert ended with the, band's in, the band infam- infamously smashing their equipment and damaging the lighting system, prompted by Richie's violent destruction of his guitar of set closer, You Love Us. So, back to his disappearance. There's actually a brand new book written about Richie's dar- disappearance called Withdrawn Traces by Sarah Roberts. It, lit- it came out this year. Um, it's on Amazon, it's £12. Um, it actually got written with uh, Rachel, uh, Richie's sister. Yep. So she um, signed off and gave approval and helped with the, with the book. I'm going to read an extract. So do you want to jump in before I sort of anything? No, no. Okay. So I thought it's, so this is just the extract that you can read online. If you like it, go and buy the book. But it's just, uh, I mean, it's just fascinating. So the book. Richie Edwards was dreading going to America. Shortly before ringing his mother to tell her of his trepidation, he and James hung in the underground car park of the Embassy Hotel to listen to some of the demos recorded at the House in the Woods. I said, which one's your favourite? James told Q Magazine in 2016. And he said, the others are okay, but Small Black Flowers is the one I really like. Mm. With a shrug of the shoulders, he was a bit ambivalent towards the rest. The pair checked into adjoining rooms and Richie made his room to way to room 561. They arranged to meet later, later and venture out to explore the local cafes, pubs and eateries along nearby Queensway. He rang my mum that evening and told her he didn't want to go to America, Rachel recalls. It was the last conversation she had with Richard, but she never picked up on anything being seriously wrong. By that time, James Dean, by the time that James Dean Bradfield knocked again, Richie had changed his mind and told him he'd prefer, prefer to stay in and have a quiet night instead. In the version of events presented to the public, James was the last person to see Richie alive. 
However, between the time James went out and came back, Richie had received a guest at the hotel. Much of what the Edwards family learned of the subsequent hours came from the band themselves. That evening, as confirmed by, to Rachel by the band, Richie was in his room with a female named Vivian. With only a passing mention of her by the band, Rachel has been unable to ascertain Vivian's relationship to Richie. She was not mentioned in any of the official police files Rachel accessed in the 90s. She is believed to have been a fan turned friend, yet all of Rachel's subsequent attempts to track her down have proved fruitless. That's incredible, right? As well as the mysterious Vivian, the Edwards family are still unsure exactly who, from either the management or the record company, was at the embassy that faithful night preparing to travel to the States. We still don't know exactly what happened that night, says Rachel. I've spoken to other people with family members who have gone missing and normally they've received a much fuller picture of the last known 24 hours of their loved one. For us, though, even after all these years, there's new information being revealed around the night that Richie vanished. It was only after reading a magazine interview with James that we discovered the two of them spent time listening to new songs in the embassy basement. It's not clear at what time or for how long Richie's visitor Vivian was in the company that evening or whether or not he left the embassy with her. The following morning, James waited in the hotel lobby for his friend Richie, normally prompt and punctual, failed to appear. James, becoming concerned when he received no answer from Richie's room, requested that a member of staff use a master key to unlock it. Upon entering, there was no sign of Richie. They found a bath full of water and a gift box that contained several items, videos, books and photographs and a note simply reading, I love you. This was addressed to and later passed on to his former girlfriend, Jo. Wrapped like a present, the box was decorated with literally quotes and a collage of cryptic photographs which included everything from cartoon characters to decaying mansions. Richie's receipts show that the day before the box's discovery he had spent £9.60 at a Surrey printer's. Might that have been paid for some of the decorations on the box? If so, for how long had been Richie to be planned a departing gift for Jo? 24 hours later, the band manager Martin Hall found a missing report at Harrow Police Station. Staff working at Hall or Nothing were granted access to Richie's address book and began phoning around all of his contacts. Nobody had heard from him. So I'm just going to take a break because I've been talking a while. It's pretty full on stuff, right? It is full on. And you wonder... I always find these things fascinating when there's new information comes out so far down the track. Like, yeah. What, you know, why? Yeah. And why do, why I have never heard about this Vivian person? Because I'd followed the story before, mm. but I'd never heard about that. Mm. Um, I think this must be one of the most, if not the most, painful thing for a family to go through. Because it's the not knowing. Because no if somebody dies, mm. you know that they've died. Yeah. It's horrible and it's hard. Yeah. But you know that you've got to get you've got to work on that. You've got to get over it. You can grieve. Because you know what you're grieving for. Somebody to go missing you and you know. don't know, are they dead? Are they alive? Why did they want to go missing? Why hasn't the body been found if he isn't? Like, that's... There's so much. I, how do you grieve for that? Yeah, and you must think about it all the time. Every, 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 every day. day. All the time. There's no closure, yeah. I reckon you'd think you saw somebody in the street or, like, just weird stuff. Yeah, you would, yeah. Hoping they'll ring. Like, look, just that, just, I can't, hard, hard. genuinely can't imagine what that's like. Yeah, 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 you're right. Um, Rachel recalls that Graham Edwards was initially reluctant to ask many questions. My dad was of the opinion that the police are there to solve crimes and he was a bit uncomfortable with it all. He put an article in the Daily Mail saying, please make contact, Richard, and went on to Red Dragon Radio to appeal. 
My dad felt Richard was an adult and he'd made his own decision. But then he also knew he was ill, so was it his own decision? James travelled to the States alone while Nicky Wire made, made calls to various British hotels to ascertain whether Richie had checked in. On the 15th of February, Cardiff Police issued a public statement appealing for information regarding Richie's whereabouts. And in the book it actually has the full statement, but it's, it's quite detailed, so I'll leave it at. A few days later came the news that Richie's car had been found. The Vauxhall Cavalier was discovered parked at Ost Services on the English side of the Severn Crossing. Inside were photographs that Richie had taken of the family after the Christmas period. The ticket attendant who reported the car on the 17th of February claimed he had first noticed the abandoned vehicle three days earlier on Valentine's Day. Um, so that's the segment So from the book. The book is Withdrawn Traces by Sarah Roberts. If you just go and buy it. like It seems like it's really well researched and well written. Um, the car apparently was left at a known suicide spot. Um, and so... That's that's another open question. Like, was it deliberate in that sense, or was it deliberate to throw people off a trail, and and you know go somewhere else? Like, it's just mm. you know. So look, there's been sightings since, but nothing concrete. Um, Richie was legally declared dead in 2008, um, and the Mannix actually still paid royalties, even though he disappeared in '95. They paid royalties all the way. Until he was officially declared. Oh. Which is just... You can imagine as a band, like, how do you... There's just so much to, to that sort of story. Um, there's a great piece in The Guardian with Nicky Warris in, in uh, 2016. Uh, music has just become a giant brand of blandness, of digitised fakery. People are willing to join causes, but no one puts those fo- feelings behind uh, into their actual art. A song like our If You Tolerate This Your Children Will Be Next about the Spanish Civil War got to number one in six countries. It's impossible that a design for life, that it's a, it's impossible for that or a song like A Design for Life could be a hit now. We were in that awkward squad. We were never invited to a reception at number 10. Um, the brilliance of that period was that one minute we were backstage with Arthur Scargill, the next <laughs> we were on stage with Kylie or doing a gig and Fidel Castro turns up. If we've achieved anything, it's to give clues to a more rewarding life, like Morrissey talking about Oscar Wilde or The Clash talking about Allen Ginsberg. But people are not just now consigned to a form of lyrical expression that is over-internalised, meaningless and soppy. I can't bear to hear another singer moaning about their girlfriend or boyfriend. We were, ne- we were never invited to reception number 10. We were still in the Aqua Squad. We weren't New Labour. We weren't Militant either. We were Classic Label. Clement Attlee and Anurin Bevan. Anurin Bevan. Yep, Anurin Bevan. Trying to the get, NHS. Okay, trying to get stuff done. But the cynicism in politics now means that it's almost impossible to do that. Ed Millibrand virtually killed politics for me. Even his resignation speech where he said, thanks for the selfies, I nearly smashed the telly. <laughs> we always wanted to be massive. It would have been great for Richie to have been with us at those huge gigs. That's the real sadness. It's great that he is on the record with some of his lyrics though. Small Black Flowers, for instance. We'd be playing to 10,000 people and there would be a couple swaying along to Harvest Your Ovaries, Dead Mother's Crawl. Is there a bleaker line in rock history? Uh, one last thing on Richie. There's a doc by Kieran Evans on Everything Must Go that came out in 2007 and the dif- disappearance of Richie. Uh, Bradfield added, To be honest, to be brutal, I'll never have to talk about it again. I'll never have to make a film about it again. I wouldn't do it anymore. It's nice to actually put a cap on it and nice to know that you have a definitive film. It's there. It's done. 
So I guess the ba- the other thing is the band, right? The band have to. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I would imagine it comes up all the time for them. Of course it will. Okay. Uh, I'm done with that piece, and then we'll talk more about the album. Anything else you want to add on that? No, it just is incredibly. Yeah, it's just an incredibly sad story it for is. the band, for the family, and obviously for Richie himself to be in that headspace. Yeah. Like, it's just hard to comprehend unless mm. you're being there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, back to the album. So the album went to number two. It was shortlisted for the Mercury Prize but failed to win it. However, the album won the award for Best British Album and the Manics won Best British Group at the 1997 Red Awards. Which is pretty pretty incredible, right? Yeah. In the NME Awards of, Everyth- of 1996, Everything Must Go was named Album of the Year and the Manic Street Preacher also won the award for Best Live Act and Best Single for a Di- Design for Life. So... Anything else you wanted to add about the Manics before we get into sort of the songs? Nah. Nah? You good? I think, yeah, because I think we spoke about a lot about them the last episode. I think it's good to go on that journey because that's obviously the whole Richie disappearance is so poignant given the release of this album, mm-hmm. so it's timely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, I'm just keen to talk about the tracks because I think we're about to have a healthy debate. Great. Cannot wait. So let's get into the singles then. A Design for Life went to number two, released in April 1996. The videos, the videos actually, they stand up. Uh, the Manics uh, play in front of images from the 50s and 60s with some slogans behind them. Everything Must Go, number five, released in August 96. The bands play in front of a large clock with people sort of sitting and dancing in the background. There's a gorgeous scene where... Um, James Dean is, is is playing guitar and there's a cherry blossom tree, you know, the Jap- beautiful pink flower, Japanese, and it's there's a fan blowing these flowers onto him as he's playing his guitar. It's just a really beautiful scene in the in the in the video clip. Everything must go. The Chemical Brothers did a remix of this. And um it's absolutely awesome. It's on and it's probably an album that I, I listened to this week because of the Brother's Gonna Work It Out, you know, the mix CD. Yes. So good. It's the second last track, and it's just Top notch. Kevin Carter went to number nine in October '96. It's very iconic. Uh, like I, if you had it on mute and that's came on, I would know it was Kevin Carter. Yeah. They play in front of a really a vibrant red uh, background. Australia number seven and December '96. Band play spliced with images of the night sky and deserts. Nothing that is iconically Australian though. There's one, there was one that kind of looked like Ayers Rock, but it could have been anything, to be yeah. honest. Like, there's no Opera House, Sydney Harbour Bridge, Ayers Rock, 100, like, just, yeah. but anyway. Tracks. Oh, boy. You ready? <clears throat> just give me a second. Oh, just stretch here. Oh. <laughs> right. Oh, Do you need to put neck. MMA gloves on or just, something like um, that? Just shake myself out of it. Let's do it. <laughs> Elvis Impersonator Blackpool Pier kicks off the album. I, this was one of my top 10 intros. I love this intro. I love it. It's just so raw. Um, it's a great style. So the song describes an overweight Elvis Impersonator on a pier in Blackpool as an example of how the American pop culture has slowly become ingrained in the UK. It laments the way the Britain is slowly becoming Americanized and the way the British accept it and even worship it. 
It was also known to be one of the few tracks on the album co-written by former guitarist Richie Edwards. Um, so there's a couple of things. So the lyrics, American Trilogy in, in Lancashire, Pottery. It's so fucking funny, don't you know? Anyway, American Trilogy is a medley of songs performed by Elvis, right? Uh, and at the end of this song, there's a little distorted song. It's really echoing in the background before it goes into a design for life. And it's actually, the lyrics are, I wish I was in Dixie, hooray, hooray, in Dixieland, I'll take my stand to live and die in Dixie. That's an Elvis song too as well. So it's about an Elvis impersonator and it's got hints of Elvis all the way through the song. Great. Come on! Come on, why don't you like this song? I just, I don't like it. Oh, brilliant. Why not? I, it's a bit bland. Okay. I don't, okay. How am I going to say this? There are some great songs on this album. Mm -hmm. Great songs. Mm -hmm. There are other songs that I, that are unforgettable. You mean forgettable? Sorry, forgettable. Oh, she's about to say. Not forgettable. (laughs) Yeah, that are forgettable. And this is one of them. Okay. I've listened to this album a million times. I couldn't sing this to you if you if, I, if you paid me. Okay. Because they don't resonate and they don't... I don't think... Like, they may have strong lyrics, but musically it doesn't stick in my head. Like, I can't... And we'll get... There's another couple of tracks on there. You're right, because Hello is so much better than this. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Bollocks, it is. This is better than Hello. Come on. No. Sorry, sorry. Take me back. Hello... Is a better introduction than an album to this. You've picked the weakest intro of an album that I like, though. I'm just saying... Because I'm not a massive fan of Halloween. No, no, no. So you're picking the wrong one. No, no, no. I I can see the way this conversation is going to go, and it's going to be the What's the Stories. I'm telling you that the intro to What's the Story isn't great at all. But the the, the intro to Stanley Road is better. Don't just choose what's the because no, that's no. not my benchmark. My benchmark's not everything has to be benchmarked against what's the story. You've said the last two albums. I'm just right, but you have to go I'm about an intro for not album. having much depth in this. Yeah, and but that. I don't enjoy it. I skip it. Always have. Okay, cool. I like this. I actually like this song. But don't try and bring up because what you're going to try and do is match everything to what's the story, morning glory, and that will be foolish because there are other albums in the top ten. <laughs> That are stronger And I just I'm getting uh, I love a lot of the songs In this album So I don't want anyone to think That I don't like this album I would have rated it For a reason Mm. I also My memory This is very much Like an elastical moment For me Because my memory Ah. Of this album Was We all loved it At that time My life at that time And I've obviously listened to Over the years And But Having to really Dig into it For this exercise Coming off the back of what we've talked about so far in our top ten, I was disappointed. I was left underwhelmed. And so that's my point. This is not, oh, I hate this album, I can't believe it, because I don't. You just don't I'm just like underwhelmed. It. Okay. Because I just would be assuming that every album now just gets better and better and better, and it's been doing that, and then I took a bit of a boom. So the next one better be punching, because if it's not... I really will then have to question Excel. I'm just saying. All right, okay. It's just not as good as I for, as I thought it was. Okay, cool. All right, point point taken. Let's play the song. Elvis and personnel.
So is this the song that you skipped to, A Design for Life? Yeah, love Straight it. into it. Right, so give it. It, you like it? Who doesn't like this song? I've this is classic. This is classic song of that Britpop era. It's just an amazing song. You sing along to it. It's musically great, lyrically strong. Love it. Like this is these. This is the thing with this album. There are moments of that. Yeah. This is a ten out of ten song. Okay, good. Okay, I ten agree. out of ten. Okay. I will never get bored of this song. I will always love this song. Okay. It's just so distinctive. You hear it, you know it's there. As soon as it starts, absolutely love it. I, I'm glad. I'm, I'm, I totally agree with you 100%. Classic songs, just awesome. It was the first single following the disappearance of Richie, peaking at number two in the UK. It's a song about the working class. So this is taken from Smart Alex on Song Meanings. In the 10th anniversary edition of Everything Must Go, Nicky says in the DVD that we only want to get drunk line was as much a criticism as it was an observation. He also said that A Design for Life was trying to say that the working class could be beautiful, literate, intelligent, but also destructive and a disgrace to the class. The line, and we are not allowed to spend, is according to James about the influence of consumerism on the working classes in the UK. Mm -hmm. That fuck it mentality of, we are not allowed to spend money, so therefore we shall, James said. So this has got another E next to this episode. I love this song. Yeah, same. But it's not my favourite song on the album. It's not my favourite song on the album either. Well, let's play Design for Life. Kevin Carter. I love this song. Okay. This is honestly, don't be looking at me thinking I'm going to slag every song off because I'm not. I'm actually going to love more than I don't love. Okay, cool. All right. Well, I just don't think it's. I'll let my guard down a bit, okay? Because I can feel myself pointing. You really are. I know, I know. I'm going to calm down now. I feel more relaxed. I don't think it should be. Do you know what this this song is about? Kevin Carter. Do you know who Kevin Carter was? No. Let me tell you because I had no flipping idea. Um, Do you think it was about you? No. Okay. But, and this is another thing with the Mannix. Like, every time we, we do a deep dive on the Mannix, you find so much behind yes. their songs. They're a band that don't just rap, don't just write pat. Yeah, and I love or, them for that. And they just, they get really deep. So this is... This Unlike is, Sam Fender. That's a perfect example. So, one of my favourite, if not favourite Mannix song of all time. Is it really? I... Love this. Song. No, I love this song too. The guitar rift, just get it, just, oh, just everything. So, Kevin Carter was originally a war photographer, right? And he took, he's famous, most famous for a, photogra- uh, a photograph of, um, sadly, this, this um, African, and it was thought to be a little girl, but it's actually a little boy, um, who had been walking and who'd sort of stumbled, and in the background is a vulture. Do you remember this sort of iconic photo? Um, incredibly, incredibly sad. Um, he actually won a Pulitzer Prize for that. Um, the photo was taken uh, in '93, right? So it was really quite. It was quite. It was on the front page of a lot of our newspapers. Really, it's a, it's a graphic kind of photo. Um, so apparently, the the, the rumor was that the, the the kid hadn't made it. 
Um, but he actually did. So the, the the kid actually made it to the to the sort of next UN food station, which was which was good. Um, Kevin Carter. Um, it was during apartheid he took that photo. He travelled with the Bang Bang Club, who were known as Kafir lovers. They were people who sympathised with the Africans who were being discriminated against. So a lot of his stuff, like um, he took some really hard hitting photos. Like it was pretty barbaric some of his some of his stuff that he's unfortunately had to say um so he gave up war photography and actually went into to nature photography instead um however better yes um but he actually he suicided in 94 um with richie writing the song about him in 96 so it's all yeah so this this one of the lines like the after no so after knowing this like it's, it's based on this photographer and and him Unfortunately, seen some images that probably stuck with him yeah, through through his life, and he's tried to move into something else to get away from that. It's it's unfortunately stayed with him. Um, the line click 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 yourself click himself under, like stuff like that. You just that even for a song that I had no idea around how hard hitting it was, it just sort of. Does it change your perspective of like now when you listen to? You're never going to listen to that in the same way now. No, never. No, no. I know what it means now. So yeah. it's it's. You know, it's, it's. I, I love that song, and for me, I just thought it was a commercial pop song. Like I thought it was great. Like I just thought I had. I loved the hooks, and but I never knew that. And also, I had an affiliation with it because I was like, I'm Kevin. The song about Kevin. This, you know, no idea who Kevin Carter actually was, and then it's so so hard hitting. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's still a great song. You want to play the song? Yes. Okay, Kevin Carter. <laughs> Enola alone. Skip. Agreed. Um, well, I've said it's a good song. It's not the best. I wouldn't skip it. I'll actually let it play. I don't. Um, so Enola was the name of the plane that dropped the atop- atomic bomb on Hiroshima. Yeah. Insane, right? Um, there's a couple. Of, also, there's a couple of words backwards in the songs. So obviously, Enola means alone backwards. Relic means killer. Uh Side note, no one has, has sort of reached out to me to talk wrestling. But there was a, a wrestler called Relic in a wrestling federation called TNA. He was one of my favourite wrestlers for a bit. And I also thought it was cool. Thoughts on... Wrestling? Yeah. I don't. My favourite wrestler was... Um... Macho Man. Hulk Hogan. Oh, I can't wait. You did a Hulk or... I was a Hulk Hogan fan. Not anymore, though. I don't even know mm. any others. Uh, Bret Hart. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that a real person? Yeah, that's a real person. Yeah, that one. The excellence of execution, Bret was the best. There was the best. There, best there was the best there is, and the best there ever will be. Was his mantra? Wow. Look at you, known wrestlers. That's it. We'll go and watch wrestling. I'd hate that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, so I don't think this is a bad song. Uh, you skip it. I don't. But I don't think we'll play it. Right. Yeah. Bye bye. Everything must go. Amazing. Best song on the album. Yeah. I mean, there are the thing is there are some the, the three big hitters on this album. They're pretty much all at the same benchmark, right? This is a great song. The, the deeper meaning around this song Everything as well. Must go. 
Like, do you? I, again, I just went. Oh, it's a song. You know. No, I don't. Right. So everything must go. The lyrics deal with the band's change of direction after the disappearance of Richie, pleading fans to accept their new commercial continuation of the band despite losing him. Thought this summed it up from Stay Beautiful. It's sad but uplifting at the same time. It's like an apology that it's the end of an era, but we've just got to move on. Oh, Which is true. Yeah, like it, is. it makes complete sense. I don't know why I didn't sort of pick up on that. Great, great song. Definitely want to play everything. Yes, 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 yes. Small black flowers that grow in the sky. Tough song. Okay. What do you mean tough song? Like it's hard to listen to. Beautiful harp. Beautiful. You're beautiful, but it's... It's not easy listening, is it? It's a tough song, but also because of its its meaning. So the meaning uh, is around zoo animals. Um, so they watched the documentary, apparently, uh, Animals in Isolation. And so you have this, like, sort of one of the, the lines. You have your very own number. They dress your cage in its nature. Once you roared, now you grunt lame. Pace around pathetic pound games. It's sad, it's isn't sad. it? Yeah, it's really, really sad. I actually think this is a really nice song. I think the album mm-hmm. needs it. Yes. Um, to sort of slow it down a bit. Um, I want to play this. Yep. Small Black Flowers. The girl who wants to be the god. I don't like it. I, uh, yeah, I'm the same with you. So it's about Sylvia Plath, who's, who was a poet. The title isn't one of her poems, though. It's a reference to a line she wrote about herself saying, I would like to, th- I would think I would like to call myself the girl who wanted to be God. Yet if I were not in this body where I would be, perhaps I am destined to be classified and qualified. But oh, I cry out against it. Um, so another sad note with Sylvia, um, she suicided as well. Yeah, she, um, yeah, that's, it's, it's, you can read all about her and she unfortunately had a really sad end mm. as well. So you can sort of, you can sort of see the themes started to come through because this is the last album that Richie's writing for. Um, so you can sort of feel this sort of yeah. bit behind it. Um, uh, the song is okay. It's not a skipper for me, but um, I want to move on. It's a skipper. Removables. Don't mind this. I'm a sucker for guitar rifts. Like if it's got yes. a really catchy, simple guitar lift, then a rift, then I'm all in. This used to be one of my favourite songs on the album. Did it really? Again, think of Kevin Carter. You open with a really hooky guitar. Yes. You know, I think of you know Coffee TV by Blur. Like anything oh, yeah. with a really yeah. simple guitar lift, I'm all in. I'm all in. Um, now it's, it's just a good song. It's not like I go to no. on the album. I don't skip this one. I like this song. 
Okay, okay. Um, faster on song meanings. This song was the last, the one of the last written by Richie. I think it pretty much sums up his mental state and damaged outlook on the world around him at the time of his disappearance. All removables, passing always. Nothing is permanent. A situation or circumstance, even a life, can be changed, replaced, or removed. So again, even a simple song, simple hook like that, there's still this deeper meaning to. Um, I want to play removables actually. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah. Cool. I listened to it the other day, I was driving over the, the Harbour Bridge. Did you? It's amazing. How did you feel about it? In Australia. And I was like, I'm in Australia. It's a weird one because it is definitely the most commercial song on the album. Yeah, a bit cheesy, isn't it? By, it, is, it is cheesy, right? But it makes me happy. Same. It makes me... I remember hearing this song and as you grow up, there's this feeling that... I mean, I was never supposed to come to Australia. Like, at 16, I had no idea that I would end up here. So when I'm hearing this song, you sort of have this lapsidipsical view of Australia and what it is and the beaches and the opera house and all this sort of stuff. And then fast forward, you know, you hit 45 and you're here in Australia. Whatever, sit down. <laughs> I just thought, I thought Australia was neighbours. Oh, neighbours and home and away, of That's course. All I some people live on a cul-de-sac and did some people live on the beach. Tour? You did, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I didn't. Yeah. Sat in Harold Bishop's knee. What? Yeah. For real? Yeah. What? Yeah. Went to the neighbour's night, met Carl Kennedy. Oh, you told me, I know Carl Kennedy. Yeah, okay, right. Oh, my God. You got my photo of Harold. On... Yeah, I've got my photo. Oh, there's photographic evidence. I can find that. Where's the photo? Can it's... you post it? I'll try oh, and find it. Oh, please. That yeah. would be amazing. Yeah. I'm young. <laughs> with the press me in my uh, post-birthday blues. Oh, it's 20 years ago. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how do you yeah. feel about it? Let's quickly talk. How do you feel about it? How do you feel about living in Australia now? I love it. Love it's it? amazing. What would you say to anyone who was thinking about coming to Australia? Um, I would say if you're thinking that you want to come here and buy a house, forget about it. Why? Um, say because why? it's so expensive. It's very expensive. Um... <laughs> Outside of the main, sorry, we should clarify that. Sid, and the big, the big cities are very expensive. Yeah, okay, Sydney. Sydney and Melbourne big. are like in the top ten of um, most expensive houses in the world. Life in Australia is a lot easier. It's just people are pretty cruisy. The sun's out. People are happy. Yeah. I mean, the politicians are morons. Yes. We'll park that. Economy wise. Um, economy wise, strong. Good value for money. In terms well, of well, well, earning potential. Yes, but I don't know for how long. Oh, you think a recession's coming? Well, I think there'll be... Um, well, I just read today that Sweden sold all of their Australian government bonds because people are worried that the economy isn't going to be as strong. I didn't know that. Yes. Wow. Because we've got thoughts and prayers. <laughs> so we don't need it. We don't need a strong dollar. We don't need... We've got thoughts and prayers. We've got thoughts. Yeah, Brilliant. there's no climate change. The Great Barrier Reef isn't getting destroyed. Mm-hmm. Just what we'll do is we'll build another coal mine. 
be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you love about Australia? And lifestyle, top, weather. Top three, lifestyle, weather. Lifestyle, weather, beaches, um, the people. What do, you like, miss, what do you miss about back on? Miss about the UK? Um, definitely the people, the sense of humour. Mm-hmm. Um, music. Music, television, the television here still. Yeah, I agree. Thank God for Netflix. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I miss a British pub. Family. I do, I miss British pub. Yeah, that's a big one for me. Yeah, we, have, we have bars pubs, over yeah. here, but not a rusticy, no. you know, Sunday afternoon at the local pub. You know, that's, I miss that. And I miss pints. Friends. I miss pints. Because it's rare. Yeah, that is true. Schooners. I mean, that's a weird word itself. Schooner. I don't ask for that. Or a midi. I don't ask for that either. Oh. I just want to ask for a beer. Um, but I would, honestly, it's just a great place to live. So anyone who's thinking about coming to Australia, come over. Come over, but save a ton of money. Yeah, good point. If you're going to live in the city. Uh, okay, yeah. If you're going to live in the country, you'll be fine. Or up the coast. Yeah, Beautiful up Brisbane, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so back to the song, Australia. It's a song about escapism, either from Richie or the band after his disappearance. Um, overall, it's kind of anthemic to me. I sing along every time I hear it. I know it's cheesy, but I just love it. Um... The lyrics, I want to fly and run till it hurts, sleep for a while and speak no words in Australia. I want to fly and run till it hurts, sleep for a while and speak no words in Australia. In Australia! So basically, it's either about like, so you've got Richie who's just, he's looking for an out. And he does, obviously, find some way out. Um, or it's the band, after all this has happened, they need to get out of the picture for a while. Yeah. So, yeah. Look. What do you love about Australia? I think you've nailed it. Lifestyle, weather, because I'm not good in the cold. You know that. I'm really, rubbish. Really I'm cold all the time. What's your thoughts on the beach? Don't like beaches. No, weird. Don't like beaches. What's your thoughts on the ocean? Don't like the ocean. It's good. But I saw, I saw Jaws when I was way too young. and You can't blame this on Jaws. No, I can. I can. Seriously. I'm all, and also, I'm a big... What if I took you to a place where there's a shark net? <sighs> There's not going to be a shark in Balmoral Beach. I'd still be thinking about it. There's not going to be a shark in Balmoral Beach. So you think? There's not. How do you know that? Because And a flimsy net is not going to stop a, a big shark, is there's it? There's not going to be a big shark on, a, on a, an estuarine beach. It's not going to happen, mate. It's not. I just, I just, I know, don't get me wrong, I, I do, no, it's way too hot at the beach, sand gets everywhere, sand gets into your food and your drink and everything you buy and I... I'm Why just, would you have food and drink? You just well, you take stuff to go to the beach, don't you? You just just yourself and a ball and a towel. No, I just and I don't. The water's freezing. It's not. The, the water. water's twenty-two degrees. Oh wait, I'm standing on something. What am I standing on? Nothing. And then I'm like, just sand. No, and then I just, I just, it's not an enjoyable experience. I am what I had in Fiji, where I've got a beautiful pool and I've got my iPad. I'm just lounging on a beautiful chair, and then I've got a waiter coming across, going, "Can I eat a drink?" Yeah, actually, what's it? Is it happy hour? Oh, brilliant! Two margaritas, done. That's that's my heaven. But there's no greater feeling than being in the ocean. Disagree, a hundred percent. Wow. I'm pretty sure there's a lot better things than being in the ocean. No. Good on you. Like, I mean, you are you love your beaches and you, you know, love it. Love it. Not for me. Not for me. All of my worries disappear as soon as I'm in the ocean. Makes you feel very free and small. Yeah. Okay. You look around and you're in the ocean and you're like, this is amazing. What about my pool? No, I just, no, it's man-made. Yeah, but I'm sitting in my pool 
my beer's over there. I'm playing music through my stereo. Says, oh, just that's... It's the ocean, it's nature, it's your connection to the, the world. Oh, like, I love it. Such a hippie. Um, have we played the song? No. All right, let's play Australia and move on. Interiors. Nah. Good song again, not my favourite, but it's still decent. Interiors is a song about the Dutch abstract expressionist William de Kooning, who succumbed to Alzheimer's in 1991. The song was inspired by a documentary on de Kooning's experience of suffering the condition, which apparently left him unable to remember what he painted. Okay, so the the thing is, he, uh, lyrics, who sees the interiors like young Willem once did? Um, a beautiful landscape of your nation. Another era is not forthcoming. Who sees the interiors like young William once did? Can I tell you a really a sad story? Mm-hmm. Um, so I love TV shows with uh, like murder and like I, I love a good crime drama. Me too. So I like, I like TV detectives, right? Um, and I, my, who's my favourite TV detective? Columbo. It's Columbo, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I love Columbo. Love Columbo. So, um, whack on any episode of Columbo, apart from the one with the Irish, which I just didn't like at all, because it was like about smuggling, not murder. Didn't work. But anyway, you put on any episode about Columbo, and I'll happily watch it. Brilliant, brilliant. Played by Peter Falk, right, who unfortunately passed away. He, uh, towards the end, suffered from the same condition, and he couldn't remember playing Columbo. Oh. Which is that? So that's sad. That's imagine, who you were. That's exactly. So imagine. Oh. So this song about the painter. Imagine living your whole life, and and working. You know, you're, you're whether it's acting, painting, music, you name it. Like you've you've created or just anything really, and then forgetting it. Isn't that the saddest thing? Yeah, that is sad. Uh, so um, so two things I've got. So as a present because I love Columbo so much. Um, and I'd love to hear people's thoughts. If you think it's a, there's another better TV detective, then come at me. There is. Who? Taggart. Right. Or there's Jessica Lans- Langsley. Taggart. Monk. There's been a murder. <sighs> but anyway. As soon as you hear those words, you know you're in. You're like, here we go. So for a present, I've got two actual hand-drawn caricatures by Peter Falk himself. And I've got a signed photograph which said, from a birthday which says... Dear Kevin, just more, one more thing. Happy birthday. Love, Peter. How cute is that? I know. It's so cute. It makes me so happy. Um, so back to interiors. I'm not going to play it. I don't think it's that good a song. No. Don't mind it. Further Away. We're getting to the end of the album now. How do you feel about Further Away? It's okay. Oh, just okay. Yeah. Don't like it that much. Not really. I actually think it's a really, really good song. It's about um, Nikki. Uh, missing his wife well as you tour you miss your loved ones and so I actually think it's a really good song I think it's, it could actually close an album it's that yeah, good a okay. song um, I'm going to play it further away
No Surface, All Feeling is the last track on the album. You're looking at me going, yeah. How do you feel about this? It's not hurrah. It's not hurrah. Let's mm. be honest, it's not hurrah. It's not but it's, it's, it's a decent end decent. to the album. Actually, it's a little bit of a hurrah, but it's not a full hurrah. Okay, can I just... What I want to do here... Oh, God, here we go. Pause and reflect. Pause and reflect! So I came into this episode and said, I'm going to be controversial. I don't think this album is as good as we first thought. There have been many, many tracks that you've admitted. Mm, you're right. It's an okay song. So you've all, you have been exactly the same as me. The big songs are big, and they're great. <laughs> but there's a lot of average. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On reflection, then, mm-hmm. do you think that my comments then are warranted? Do you still genuinely think? As a whole album, not just the big songs, Yeah. as a whole album, yeah. this should be where it is. Number six. Think all of, like, just think of the average we've talked this thing. No, yeah. For me, no, I love this album. I love it more than the previous two. I really yeah I do. you didn't say there was a but you said there was one bad song on Stanley Road walk on gilded splitters yeah yeah yeah, yeah. one bad song yeah 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 we've gone um, no 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 we didn't say there was bad songs we said there's alone not... skip it yeah yeah the yeah the girl wanted to be it skip it hold on interior hmm further away is okay north surface all feeling that's half the album but I enjoy this album as a whole and I listen to it more than all the ones we've just covered apart from ones that I'm massively but why when you don't really like it. I do, I love this album. Stop it, you're just trying to get me upset. I love this album. I really genuinely love Do you think really? You've just talked about the fact some of these songs don't really... What are you talking about? I love that. Okay. I, I think it should be lower. I, st- I actually feel that this is... I'll tell you what. ...cemented it in my brain. I'm going to give you half a point back. Right? So when we get into my ratings, I'm going to give you half a point back. Now, with your rating, and if you're going to go back again... This would be in the 10 to 15 mark. See, and that's where it should be. Uh, but you did, uh, I'm going off your rating and my original rating, though. Then that's the point of the exercise. This is the point. I'm fine with that. And I'm fine, but I'm glad that we've all realised that this is probably not as good. But I still would rate it over What's the Story. That's, that's, that's still the, we would not still the only be album arguing, that we've spoken about. We'd them. still be arguing about that. What was number 10 again? I can't remember. can't even remember. <laughs> um... <laughs> Or nine. What was nine? Hold on. Let me check. Let me check. Do you want me to really check this? Yes. All right. Let's do this. Let's look at the top 15 now that I've got it. Let's do it. Hurricane number one. It's better than that. Mosley Shoals. Oh. Really? On a par. Really? Yep. Uh, Park Life. It's better than that. Bring It On by Gomez. It's not better than that. (sighs) Okay, Computer. It's not better than that. Why? You think this is better than OK Computer? No, 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 no. I'm trying to remember the ratings for OK Computer and why it was that. You must not have rated it that that high. Anyway, keep going, keep going. Return to the Last Chance Alone. That was number 10. It's not better than that. Number 9 was Different Class. It's not better than that. Number uh, number 8, What's the Story? And then Stanley Road. Not better than that. So you're right, I'd have it at 12. Because Hurricane number one is better than that. I'd have it probably above Mosley Shows, really. You would have it, so it would be sent between that 10 to 15 mark. 
Yeah. Okay. That was my point coming into this. I don't want anyone to think I don't enjoy this album or think it's a good album. It would always have been in our 50. Always. It would have always been in the top at least 20, 50. So I can tell you now that... I just think this is like randomly high. Of my ratings, this is one of my top five albums. Wow. And that's why it's, that's why it's high. Because one of my... If I look at... I remember the ratings and I go... And it's it's. I'll tell you what my rating is in a second, and you're going to blow your gasket. Ready? If this is over a nine, you're off your nut. Ready for this? I'll tell you why I can defend this album because Grampus gave it four and a half out of five. I don't give a flying. <laughs> <laughs> right. Shall we uh, crack on a bit? We're going on. Juicy leaves three out of five. Never liked the Manics. Always found their bombastic posturing a trifle embarrassing, to be honest, but I have to admit that this is a guilty pleasure. Sadly, like guilty pleasure. Blue Chew, five out of five, Blue Chew. A momentous album, Manic Street Preachers just about stay on the right side of pretentious by delivering their finest album. Adding strings to their songs brings out the beauty and depth to the sound. James Dean Bradfield's vocal performance is outstanding and centres the album around his passion. The lyrics proving that the masses will listen to the meaningful words when aligned with great tunes. Possibly the ultimate indie crossover album. The finest track is is non is the non-single Enola Alone, but with Kevin Carter. A design for life in Australia, there is no shortage of sing-along anthems. Time Master Bosco Boy, 5 out of 5. I get a strange feeling every time I listen to this. I can't explain it though. Maybe it's the sadness and hope that is woven into this album. Sure, Richie is gone. But this is a great album. Everything Must Go gives me chills every time I hear this. Um, one more. Pixies Fan 85, 5 out of 5. Not only is there not a bad track on the album, but at one point or another, every track on there has been my favourite. While their album, The Holy Bible, spat bile out at the world in itself, here the songs bring elation in spite of the sadness the world brings. Every word means something. Every song is fantastic. Guitars still have the punk edge to them, but the manics bring in strings that make the songs soar. You ready? What did I give it? What do you reckon I gave it? A nine. Higher than a nine? Nine and a half? Nine and a half is correct. Mental. Mental? This Mental. is a near... But it's not! Because you just told me it's not! I love this album. I enjoy listening to it. I don't think I'll ever tire of listening to it. Yes, there's some songs that don't hit the heavy heights. Well, then how can it but be? But they are still good songs. Wow. And as an album, top notch. In my top five albums, I would say. And it's number what? Six for us? So, what are we doing about it? So you gave an eight. I gave a nine and a half. Yeah, I dropped it down. You would likely argue with me I may drop it to a 9 But that is it It's still a fantastic album But why don't you like all the songs It don't make sense to me I don't know no. I just don't There are songs I like So it's the same as the A 9.5 out of 10 album Has to be something that is like Close to perfection And you were about to say that And you know it's not true Let's move on So the Manics are not touring anymore Manicstreetpeters.com And at Manix um, Are you ready for number 5 It's going to be better than this So yes I think we're going to get annihilated for this. Am I going to be happy? You are. Do I like this album better than Everything Must Go? Absolutely you do. Did I rate it as such? Absolutely, because that's why it's here. Did I rate it higher than you? Oh, I can't remember. I think you maybe did. But this is a band 
We haven't talked much at all, so they haven't appeared in the charts so far. It's a band that you loved so much when you were younger and you had to, probably like every other fan of this band, had to fight or argue how good they actually were because they've been branded copycats. Probably. But in saying that though, we did another, we reviewed uh, their recent album. Nine out of ten for me. It was absolutely stunning. Who is it? Nervous. Never spoken to them before. Well, it's not Oasis, clearly. Um, well, some would some would argue. Some say they like Oasis. Is that why I love them? <laughs> Who is it? Embrace. <laughs> the good will out. Solid. Love this album. Adore it. Absolutely adore it. I am probably about to get absolutely slammed for criticising everything must go and then being like, oh, but I love this. I know you are. I get it. You are. I get it. So I understand. But there is not a bad song on this album. We're going to do the complete role reversal next week. I can't wait. Because I tell you now, I've done, I've obviously done a little bit of work on it. Oh, normally when I research an album and I do the reviews and stuff like that, um, so I like to go from either end of the spectrum with reviews. Holy cow. People don't hold back about Embrace. They really don't. So you're going to have to do some... Uh, I can't wait to see what everyone... Because they're going to come at you, not me. You obviously rated it highly uh, too. Yeah, I did rate it highly. But the Manics... Has your feelings changed or has that given it away? Nah, it's a good album. It is. A good, I'll, I'll defend it. It's a, it's a really, really good album. Top five... Not sure. Because my Top weakness ten. is none of your business. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Good. Come back to what you know. Take everything real slow. Oh, that's nice. I haven't listened to the album for a while. So that's, oh, that's, I can't I wait. wait. Um, all right, I'm all right. It's a great week. Depeche Mode, Embrace, and the two homeworks. Pumping. Pumping? Forgot about my homework there for a second. Alright, okay, we're done. So we're at Britpop Banter, BritpopBanter at gmail.com. We're almost done. We've got five episodes left. Oh, I'm getting nervous now. So we'll start to talk to you about what we're gonna do in, in season two, and we need your help uh, with sort of helping us pick out what we're gonna do. But we're gonna take a break. That's probably the one thing we'll start. We've we've gone a full year seeing you across this table every week. Been the best year of your life, hasn't it? <laughs> it's okay, I get it. <laughs> I understand. That is why we need a break from each other. <laughs> so we will be having a break. Um, but yeah, just to give you a heads up. But we'll talk more about that closer to the time. Alright, we are done. See you next week for Embrace. Boom! See you later. Just liquid from you. Was that?